thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. You're listening to Wellness Women Radio with women's health experts, Dr. Ashley Bond, the pregnancy and birthing guru, and the queen of hormone imbalances, the period whisperer herself, Dr. Andrea Huddleston. They're raising the bar for women's health by bringing you the most up-to-date health and wellness information to live your best life. Now, onto the show. This episode of Wellness Women Radio is very proudly brought to you by Dinner Twist. Dr. Ashley and I want to let you in on a little secret of how we maintain our healthy whole foods lifestyle with very little time. And one of those ways is actually with Dinner Twist. So they plan, they shop, they deliver everything to our door to take all of the guesswork out of having really healthy meals for dinner each night. Um, I love Dinner Twist because they are a locally family-owned business here in Perth in Western Australia, and all of their produce is locally sourced and seasonal. So they are really invested in all of their suppliers as well, which is absolutely amazing. Everything is so fresh. Uh, Ashley and I both get the Wholesome Box, which is naturally gluten and dairy-free as well, and is very consistent with a paleo-type lifestyle as well. Uh, so it's, you know, completely consistent with, you know, the way that we want to eat and want to feed our loved ones too. This is also how I trick Dean into thinking that I can actually cook. So seriously, if I can do it, everybody can trust me. And their recipes are so delicious. They also have other options apart from the wholesome box. So they have a family box for bigger size families an express box. If you're really short on time, uh, as well as a vegan box too. Now, we would love to give you the opportunity for you to actually try Dinner Twist and realize how healthy, how delicious and how fresh it is, but also how much easier this is going to make life as well. So we have a special promo code for you, and that is going to give you $35 off your first box. And that is WWR for Wellness Women Radio. Um, So we would love you to uh, try for yourself. Don't take my word for it, but let me know what you think. Without further ado, ladies, onto the show. Hey there, gorgeous listeners. Thank you so much for joining us today on Wellness Women Radio. I'm Ashley. And I'm Andrea. And today's episode is a public service announcement, ladies. Um, This is a really important episode that we want everyone to listen to. So please share this with, um, you know, all of your girlfriends, your sisters, um, mothers, everybody, because uh, this is a really important women's health topic that um, has just come to our attention that there is this huge increase in popularity for things like vaginal douches, vaginal sprays, um, vaginal perfumes and cleansing wipes. And we wanted to title this episode, What Not to Put in Your Vagina. But I think that we'll do um, this one just focused on the fact that you do not need to use douches, chemical sprays, perfumes or cleansing wipes on your vagina, nor should you ever. So <laughs> I think you just killed this. No one has any reason to listen past that point now. <laughs> They're like, okay, cool. I've got the info. Thanks very much. <laughs> Click off. <laughs> this is really important. And I want to give a little shout out to Alicia. So Alicia, thanks so much for bringing this to my attention today. So she's one of my beautiful patients that came in and was like, Andrea, why are women doing this? And she works in a pharmacy where all of a sudden she has seen an influx of women recently um, just buying this stuff off the shelves and uh, saying things like their vagina has an odor, they need to feel clean, um, they don't like their smell, um, they don't like how they smell after the gym and all of those sorts of things. And I didn't, I 
And I think obviously because of the circles that we hang out hang out and it just didn't even enter my consciousness until she told me this and I'm like, right, we need to cover this in a podcast ASAP. This is our public service announcement, ladies. Um, and there's some really important health reasons why you should not use these things in your vagina. So should we talk about, let's go into that, Ash. <laughs> let's do that. I must say, it's one of those things I completely dismissed and overlooked because I remember seeing on the shelf um, a, a brand in Australia here that have scented um, pants liners and scented tampons. And I was like, surely not. No one, no one would buy those things. How outrageous, how ridiculous. But the fact that you brought that up made me go, oh gosh, well, there must be a market. So therefore, if it's on the shelf, there must be people who believe that that's needed. So you're right. We do need to talk to all the uteruses out there and let them know that uh, we've got <laughs> we've got natural ways of cleaning the vagina, which doesn't include adding things to it. Um, I really loved reading. Uh, I was having a little bit of a chuckle at something I was having a look at. And um, they were talking about, you know, how to correctly wash your vulva. And I thought, oh, okay, that's good. That's good to know. Um, but then, you know, deviated. It's like, okay, think of your vagina as a house where the maid comes once a week. It does automatically cleans. And I was like, oh, that's such a good analogy. I like that. We've got, you know. The vagina is self-cleaning. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I wish my house was self-cleaning, but. It would be nice, wouldn't it? But yeah, we, we but... you know, I, I definitely don't have a cleaner. I wish I did too. But the uh, the good thing is our vulva and vagina do. And that's uh, quite a big thank you to the natural secretions it, pro, you know, produces. And this mm-hmm. is the, the thing a lot of women don't understand. We have a natural pH balance in the vagina and, mm-hmm. It's obviously designed (laughs) miraculously and perfectly to reduce the chances of infection and bacterial overload and gets the balance between the good bugs and the bad bugs. And as soon as we start to muck around with that, um, whether it be with douching or whether it be with scented, you know, pads or whether it be, you know, inclusion of tampons that are bleached even, we suddenly start to change that vaginal pH and that's when things go sideways, upwards, downwards in all the ways. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, Ash. The vagina has its its own very delicate um, microbiome and when this goes out of whack, this is when women will experience things like um, bacterial vaginosis, um, candida um, overgrowth and, and thrush and all of those sorts of things. Um, the ingredients that are contained in the douches and the sprays and everything else contain ingredients and chemicals that can dry the vagina out, can cause its irritation, can increase the risk of tears in the vagina as well, which makes opportunistic um, little areas of infection for bacteria and viruses to actually get in as well. And there is zero scientific evidence, zero. There is no scientific evidence whatsoever that vaginal douches, sprays and everything else are actually necessary or beneficial. So this is purely clever marketing and somewhere, someone along the line, um, you know, created some sort of rumor that women's vaginas smell funny and that therefore we need to be excessively hygienic with them. But there's actually some really serious complications that can occur when you go messing with the delicate balance of, like you mentioned, Ash, the pH and the microbiome of, of the vagina. And 
if I if we backstep a bit when we were talking about the self cleaning mechanisms of the vagina, that is from the cervical mucus that is produced and the normal vaginal secretions. So not only is that there to maintain that balance, but it's also there to help aid fertility. So when we mess with that, we're absolutely increasing our risks of infertility. Um, And it also creates a really potent spermicide at um, different times of the cycle when it's outside that normal fertile window. So we're also messing with that when we go using some of these chemical products. We're also increasing the risk of pregnancy complications. And there was even some studies showing that women who used um, douches may increase their risk of eptopic pregnancies by as high as 76%. Wow, that's And because of the, like the, the backwards flow of things, like not allowing stuff to normally move through the fallopian tubes down the, um, the uterus through the cervix and into the vagina. So it's like, you know, creating a force and pressure up through the vagina and the cervix that should not be there. It also dramatically increases your risks of infections and infections in the vagina will absolutely change the odour, which is going to create this really vicious cycle. It increases your risk of endometriosis because you're changing the bacterial population, increase your risk of, as we talked about, bacterial vaginosis and thrush and even cervical cancer. So there is some research that shows that even douching once a week increases your risk of cervical cervical cancer so ladies it is just not worth it and that's just looking at the risks of um doing that not even digging into what actual ingredients are contained in the um you know the the vaginal sprays and um perfumes and the cleansing wipes and all of those sorts of things it's good that you mentioned that too because they've actually studied that to find out is there you know, an effect um, of those products. And there was a study done with uh, almost 2,500 women. They regularly douched and they checked out their bloods. They had high concentrations of chemicals like dichlorobenzene and ethylbenzene. So these are common chemicals found in vaginal douche products and the the scary thing is anything that relates to obviously the anus because where do you put a suppository in order to get mm-hmm. quick action of a drug or medication, um, the vagina, mm-hmm. eyes, eyelids, under the tongue, like there's areas of mucosa that will absorb chemicals faster and more effectively into the bloodstream. Exactly. So yes. this is why mucking around down there and introducing chemicals is a really really bad idea um so it's good that we're having this conversation i just didn't realize that we you know we don't really talk about it because i think you and i have never contemplated it because it just doesn't make any sense in our world but for a lot of people there's that bit of there's embarrassment or it could have been a throwaway comment from a partner you know sexually um it could be yeah, I've I do recall having a conversation with a girl that worked at the gym oh, a lifetime ago now, and she had um, all of these feminine wipes in her bag, and it was kind of like I was like I remember asking her like what are those I've never seen that, and she's like oh no I I give it a good wipe every time I go to the toilet. I was like oh okay is that something I should do thinking I've only ever used toilet paper and she's like oh no way my boyfriend would not go for oral if I wasn't smelling good and I was like oh okay it was like this incredible conversation of going um should I know something that I don't know um should I be self-conscious now and you know it just it, it kind of brought up and I was only in my early 20s so you know you have those weird awkward conversations at times that make you just think 
oh, I'd never thought about that, but maybe, maybe should I? Like, should I ask my partner if this is normal or what? Um, but I guess it depends on, you know, circles of conversation. Um, it depends on comments from people. It can make a lot of things uh, become self-aware or self-conscious when it's very, very normal. So I think we should also probably talk about some of the normal smells, right? Because a lot of women are not sure. And they, how do they qualify it? Like, um, is this normal or should I try and change it? Um, you know, and it's really common. And the science says that there's very many different smells women have of their vagina, which is really kind of curious, right? Because you expect they just smell the same. But the reality is it relates to our personal hygiene. It relates to our body pH. It relates to the food and the excretions our body makes based on our diet and lifestyle. Um, yes. So, you know, there are reasons for those chemical odours and they're not all because there's something wrong or bad. It just relates to some of our lifestyle choices often. So, um, yep, absolutely. And I think the ways to recognise if your, um, like your vaginal odour is possibly pathogenic or something that needs to be concerned about is if it is a really strong odour or if it has a particularly fishy type smell, it's the only way we can describe it, which is quite diagnostic of uh, bacterial vaginosis. Mm -hmm. Um, And particularly if you're getting um, discharge that is excessive um, or it becomes uncomfortable. Yes. If there's any itching or irritation, that is also abnormal. However, I think that there is certainly like a spectrum of, um, of of what is normal as well. And the odor and the pH of the vagina will change throughout the menstrual cycle as well. And that is completely normal. So it's very normal for the vagina to be more acidic um, leading up to menstruation too. Um, yeah, I don't know um, how else to describe that, Ash. Oh, what else I, do you think is normal? Oh, well, do you know, actually, there was um, there is a defined medical jargon, apparently, and it was new to me. I was like, oh, oh fascinating. I, yeah, I'll, I'll run you through the seven because I was a bit like, oh, is that a thing? But we have had a look. There's a couple of references to it. I thought, okay, well, maybe this might help explain some of the things we think. Um, they describe it as tangy or fermented, and reason for that is directly related to acidity, pH, you know, we're slightly acidic. Um, That's to protect our body from any unwanted foreign bacteria, yeast, anything else that could invade the um, mucosa. And Mm -hmm. that's really quite smart. So, yeah, they talk about a tangy odour. They talk about a coppery smell like a penny. Um, That's related to, you know, mostly menstrual blood. So that's, you know, at that time, like you said, cyclical changes and smells. Um, And it can be related to some slight bleeds after, for example, intercourse or things like that. So just being aware that it may be normal. Um, Then they talk about things like a chemical kind of newly cleaned bathroom and they talk about this being um, urine or a byproduct of ammonia uh, but also then you mentioned bacterial vag- vaginosis and this is where it can actually have another smell not just fishy odor but also more of a, a like a cleany kind of bleachy smell which is not quite normal for the vagina which is kind of interesting the fifth one they talked about skunky like bo or a smoked herbal earthy scent (laughs) so um, herbal earthy scent right yeah very description i'm wondering who who's who's done this the smell tests to figure out these descriptions it's not like it's a job i was about to say it's not like it's you know uh, a vineyard who gets to smell and sniff wines and things like that it's a bit different but there are vaginal connoisseurs out there 
Maybe. I don't know. Uh, anyone out there listening, if you think you know it, then <laughs> tell us more about it. Um, but then there's the, the odour thing there is actually interesting. That one's really cool because that, they believe, is related to emotional stress. And this awesome. is kind of related to our body's sweat glands mm-hmm. and the types of sweat glands we have and the fact that they're also produced to cool us down. So, you know, when we increase our cortisol stress response, we increase our, you know, temperature into areas like the armpits and the groin. And, of course, the apocrine um, glands populate the armpits and also the groin. So this is why that smell can be also in the groin and the armpits. So sometimes the women who are, you know, like you mentioned, the gym factor, like yeah. smelly gym, that's actually more like probably the, the smell they're experiencing is the fact that it's like armpit smell in the groin. Yes, so interesting. Makes sense, and, right? Because the body yeah. knows what to do. It's got all the right little glands in all the right places to cool us down and keep those areas safe and healthy. Um, Ladies, your vagina should never require um, cleaning with anything other than warm water. Mm, exactly. Um, and, and we certainly wouldn't recommend using anything else other than that. Um, often women will use things like vinegar, baking soda, things with fragrances and even iodine as um, douching materials. And then the um, the other more sort of um, oh, sprays and cleaning products and the, the wipes and things that women will use are so full. And we look to the ingredients, they're so full of petrochemicals and endocrine disrupting chemicals and really harsh things as well. Mm. Um, and I heard a horrific story from um, Alicia that uh, she even knew of someone using the equivalent of like Pino Clean in her vagina and I am fairly mortified about that idea and I'm not trying to make anyone feel um, feel wrong for what they're doing but um, it's just really not a safe practice um, and certainly is increasing your risk of some really serious infections. So if you are using any of those things, please stop straight away and please chat to your health provider about this. And I think if we are seeking out something like that with, you know, strong smell or strong response, there's also other things to think about, right? We need to maybe begin correct diagnosis. There's potential yep. there for STIs. So you could be looking at, again, we mentioned already the bacterial vaginosis, but it could be um, trichomoniasis, which is, you know, a common but, you know, important diagnosis there. And it is an SDI. It can be treated with antibiotics, but if you're just covering up the smell, then it's going to obviously increase your risks of damage to anywhere in the cervix all the way yeah. through, you know. so and pelvic inflammatory disease. 100%. Yeah. So that was actually one of them. That's the, the fishy... That, they said the fillet you forgot about. I'm like, oh, gross. That's not a nice image, is it? Um, and the last two, so that was the fishy one. And number seven is what they call rotten, like a decaying organism. And this comes from medical doctors who have actually said how frequently they are removing forgotten tampons. So um, whether, you know, days or weeks, but if something's really smelling terrible, you know, could it be the possibility that... And that there's there's some sort of retained tissue there, yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, and rather than being embarrassed about it and trying to hide it, go and get checked. You know, go and get yes. a cervix assessment. Go and uh, have a look in there and make sure there's nothing that could be causing it or the source of those smells. So I'm definitely a big fan of saying, look, first and foremost, run a pap smear, run a test, run a check. You know, check your STIs, yeah. like do all the standards, make sure it's none of those things. Um, and then consider other reasons for those those abnormal smells, so to speak. 
Absolutely. But anyway, that's that's an interesting kind of little rundown of the yep. seven smells that are considered me- medically relevant. So there you go. That's oh, what the, Ash, the doctors that might be considering when they, they check. I love it. Um, <laughs> so, ladies, this was, again, just a quick public service announcement that please do not use douches, sprays, cleansing wipes, or any kind of chemicals in your vagina. Just warm water and water-based lubricants, please. Um, and I also think coconut oil is safe, but but that's just me. I don't think there's evidence that supports that. But anyway, um, okay. So ladies, again, you have been listening to Wellness Women Radio. We are the Wellness Women, Dr. Ashley Bond and Dr. Andrea Huddleston. We are raising the bar for women's health. And until next week, be well. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.